0: Thank you, Janet Lee, for the Song of Songs melodies. That was just stupendous. And hello, everybody out there. We're back into the saddle on these teachings. And I'll tell you what, are we ever getting a lot of interest? People are writing, people are calling, comments are being made, and lots of stir is going on. You know the Bible says in the first book of of the, the first chapter of the book of of John, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning. And the word was made flesh. We have to understand when we start looking at the physical things talking about the making of the earth, talking about the dividing of lands, talking about the ice ages, talking about human beings. That it's the handiwork of God, it's in the beginning was the Word. And that is the crucial subject. That is the main subject. And so we're in this revelation by interpretation of the lost book of the wars of the gods. Part 8. And we talk about Moses meeting Yahwehel at the bush. And this was a meeting of meetings. This was not some simple Simon event. (coughs) This meeting was major and it had to do with a revelation for God's people to focus on that would change the world of mentalities. So it's quite incredible and it's quite interesting that we have this opportunity to open the manifold deep, to go where many others have never gone before and to touch down by this Akhava solution of riddles and open up the invisible Bible and open up the parts of the deep depths of the Word that have been hidden since the foundations of the earth and at that meeting of moses at the bush with yaviel yaviel and the angel i'll tell you what moses had to have been astounded but the way moses was because he was sort of a fearless type of guy that didn't mean he didn't have any fear. The first time he used the rod to make a snake, he ran from it. So he was human, but he was a pretty brave guy. And I'm sure that once he saw that his life wasn't threatened and, and this was a holy event, that he was just loaded with questions. And that session, I'm sure, went on and on. Now, this was a Bible thing, because when you read about Jesus, and after he was resurrected, how that he would meet with people, and how that he would profoundly describe and go into details of of the scriptures in the Old Testament like these men that he found walking on the road to Damascus. It was the style of of Jesus to spend time to make people to understand what was relevant in the scripture as to be compared with his relevance. And that is what we are doing when we talk about the history of the earth when we talk about the creations of the different elements and, and aspects, we are using scriptures as foundation evidence. Because in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And so as we begin to bring forth the fruits of the truth, which is the Word of God, then we are actually bringing forth the Spirit of God into our hearing. And the Bible says, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And that's where we are today. And I assure you, like these incredible revelations that we shared last week, we're going to touch on them a little bit, we talked about how that at the the moment like in Genesis seven fifteen how that when the flood was getting ready to occur that the Bible says that Yahweh shut Moses and the animals up in the ark. And that has been accepted as being what it said for years and years and years. Although if people would really take the time to think about that, there's something that has perspectives that don't really fit with the scenario. But we don't want to get too entangled in that today, except to just sort of re-mention these incredible revelations that we shared, because in fact they were incredible revelations, and we mentioned you know uh genesis seven fifteen through sixteen, and they went in unto Noah uh, unto the ark, two and two of all flesh were in the breath of life, and they went in. Male and female of all flesh, as God had commanded him, and the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, which means it's from the Tetragrammaton. Yahweh, as some would say it, we say Yahweh, shut him in, him being a, a compounded a singular, but him we showed when you get into the actual translation potential of it, can mean a whole lot of things. It can mean to deliver up, to give over. And in fact, that's precisely what the meaning really was. That when Noah and his families and the animals got inside the ark, then The door was shut, and I don't doubt what the people inside the ark cranked it and shut it because the real translation of that word wasn't to shut up, it was to deliver up and to give over because the rest of the animals that would not fit into the ark, they and and the other persons that were going to be saved like the, the children of uh, offspring of Enoch, the Lord took up. They were delivered up. And that was a revelation that we connected with the 24th chapter of Matthew, in which Jesus said, as in the days of Noah... So shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. They were eating and drinking, given in marriage, etc. There will be two at the in the field, one will be taken, one will be left. There will be two at the mill, one will be taken, one will be left. And then in, in earlier scriptures it had explained how that the angels would appear in the skies, and they would have provisions to take these people that were being raptured. And it says that happened in the days of Noah as it's going to happen in the future. And we know that there were eight people saved by water. But there was a whole lot more people than that saved by air, by a transport of God's holy spacecraft that the angels were the engines or pilots of and took those people up. And so there's lots, lots of scripture. We gave additional scripture to show how that in um, in uh, <clears throat> Acts ten eleven, um, and um, Acts eleven four through ten, we we talked about this trance which Peter had, and which we call a subaudition. That this vessel, a huge zith, and some of those have been that have been seen called UFOs, have been have been noted to be miles and miles long. I remember one that was described as being over five miles long. And Peter sees this vessel and from it this sheet with four corners. Symbolic of the four corners of the earth, of the whole world, descending. And one of the things I didn't mention last week is that, I don't think I did, is that in 3607 of the Greek describing this sheet, one of the things that it gives for a definition of it is sail, S-A-I-L. And we call it a Parachute. And the whole idea of how it was knit in the Greek Strong's Concordance 1210 and the, and the other one that I gave you, the Greek Strong's Concordance 3607, was an incredible revelation of the special kind of parachutes that were letting down the animals. And these, these are animals, huge all kinds of animals, both clean and unclean, which is the same description of what was to go into the ark. And they're they're up in heaven <laughs> and they're being brought down to earth. and it even mentions three different descents in Acts eleven ten, and there's all kinds of other scriptures. we still don't have time to get into all that today because we have a lot to cover. Then one of the other revelations was about the animals. Because after we got, you know, after the revelation of the Acts 11:10, all all uh, the animals were drawn back up into the heaven and then let down there w- three times. We we showed that you know what was going on here is that the angels were r- distributing these animals all around the earth, animals that were large animals, and we're not talking dinosaurs, and animals of of the too many group to fit into the ark and they they were being put out after the after the flood all over the world and um they were being distributed severally we like that word uh the very word uh from um the greek uh to draw up to pull out came from uh three eighty five of the strong's concordance, which was from uh three eighty three the strong's concordance in the Greek section to draw up to pull out, and even the word distributively and now we see that that the message of the sail and coming down and and the the whole idea of distributing these animals across the face of the earth it's all there it's all in the meaning of those words that were used and then we further went to the thing about how that these animals were put into a sleep and uh, we even read the scripture uh, Psalms 95 thou carriest them away as with a flood They are as asleep. In the morning, they are like grass which groweth up. They're in the hibernation. And the Bible says it. Psalms 95. Wow. And there's all kinds of other scriptures I have, but I don't have time to get into them. But there's all kinds of other interesting scriptures. But they were in a deep sleep, in a hibernation. And God had used that type of thing before. He used it on Adam. Used it uh, on different people, that he said, he's, this person's not dead, he's asleep. Okay, then we we'll want to take just a little bitty here time to talk about the synodoky, or the synodoky, however you like to say it. And it can be said two or three other ways. S-Y-N-E-C-D-O-C-H-E. Now, why is that an important thing to discuss at this time? Well, because it's going to help you to better understand things about the Bible. And what a syndaki is is something, in a way, similar to a great ellipsis. And this would be uh, an an ellipsis, uh, E-L-I-P-S-E-S, ellipsis, uh, is where only... Part of something is said. Well, th- there is a certain simulation, similar uh, aspect to that in the uh, the Synodarchy, or the Senedoki. Now, let me give you a better example than maybe I've ever given you before. Let's say that you were reading something and it said, "And I shipped over the waves a container." that you should be receiving in a few weeks and someone will say oh well that should be plain enough there's a container being shipped why do we need anything else well wouldn't you like to know what's in the container being that it doesn't give a list or a manifest so what you have is a scripture that's telling about a container that's coming. And you say, wow, that's great, a container, praise God, is coming. But you want to make sure it's not full of snakes. You want to, you want to know what it is. So you can even prepare where to put what it is according to what it is. So that's sort of what a tzedakah is there is something said in the the verse that is incomplete because it doesn't give you all the information and you need the rest of the information then sometimes there are ways that it says things that is different from the way that people are used to assessing it for instance someone might say those came over the waves W A V E S. They came over the waves. And someone say, it came over the waves. Are you talking about vibrations? But what it's really talking about is it came over the sea or over the ocean. That's what waves mean. That's another type of synodaki. You've got to understand, okay, what does this mean? And you've got to be able to understand the rest of it so that the clarity is understood. Someone might say to, to you, uh, there's a hundred. Decks that went out, and per se, a hundred decks that went out. And if you said there was a hundred decks that went out over the waves, someone might look at that and say, "I just, you know, I, I just, I guess it's okay, but I just don't really quite understand it." Well, over the waves means over the sea, and decks. When I saying decks, it's actually standing for uh, carrier ships, and that's the kind of ship that they are. Their, their 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 deck is actually a a shipping purpose, like carrier ship that 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 would have uh, uh, jet airplanes on on board on the deck. So it's so a hundred. So I said a docking would be the research that helps you finish up to find out what. That meant, and there's all kinds of scriptures like that throughout the entire Bible that have Sennatakis in them and words that characterize the, the Sennaki. And that's why sometimes when you have the subject "and, A and D, well, that means "and there is something else. There is other revelation, there is other knowledge. there's other information. But it's sort of like that thing of the container. Yeah, there's a container, but it doesn't tell you what's in it. And there's other information, but it doesn't tell you what that is. And so then you have to use that to know that there's something else. And by knowing there's something else, you, by the Spirit, begin to search the Scriptures and begin to wait upon God. And then God begins to show you what that something else is. And that's why it becomes a very helpful thing. Now, um, we've been putting off J.J. on some questions we can't possibly answer them all today, but we can go through just a few here that J.J. sent. Do you have an opinion about the Shroud of Turin? Well, yeah, I do. Uh, You know, I, I suppose a person say that they would like me to say exactly do you believe in it or not believe in it. Well, here's what I think about it. I know that at one time that they tested it and they said, no, this doesn't go back far enough in time, so it couldn't have been the shroud that Jesus wore in, his, in the burial cave. But then later they realized that this shroud had been in a fire and they had to repair it and the material that they used to date it was of a more recent date than the original part of the ter- of, of the turin. Ter- 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 uh, ter- and um uh so they uh they understood that the shroud uh I went, went to say of the shroud, uh that's S H R O U D, that it had to be um sampled in the area that was the oldest part and now you know the, the latest that i've heard and maybe there's a later than that is that yes it does go back to the time of jesus but you see how i look at it is that it's a sign whether the date is is younger or older It is still a sign, and it has gotten people thinking about Jesus Christ. And how that picture of a face came through, that cloth, was quite startling and quite quite imaging. And so I think it has been something that, that, that the Lord, our God, has used as a tool. And that would certainly please the Lord. Because it's made people to think, and that's what I consider and think. And to me, you know, it to exactly prove that date, you know, is 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 not is not that important to me. Now, if something comes up where they could say, "Look, this is absolute," well, then just praise the Lord. And and so. The same kind of thing applies when we're looking at genealogy and geology. And when we're looking at, people say, "Well, hey, we, we've discovered some more humans." Ah, this whole thing about Adam's not making any sense now, because we've found, you know, Adam's supposed to be the first man, and we've found humans going way back 30,000, 40,000, 60,000 years ago, 100,000 years ago well you see it doesn't really matter it doesn't matter how far back they go that they find humans and they're going to find humans that have been around for a long long time because those humans have nothing at all to do with the reporting of the offspring of Adam nothing at all because none of those humans had souls the only human that had a soul that, that started off the human uh, genealogy and line of descent was Adam. So when they go out there and say, hey, we found these humans, yeah, there's be humans out there, and, they all, and the Bible makes it really clear in the sixth chapter of Genesis that they had flesh just like The sons of God had flesh just like the daughters of men. They both had flesh. They both had human bodies. Even though one was sons of God and the others were daughters of men. They both had human bodies because, yes, there was a plan. There was a plan. It was called latolution. And, yeah, did Satan get involved and mess some things up? Sure he did. We'll talk more about that later. But the thing is, that people start saying, oh, oh man, this, this disproves the thing with Adam, it doesn't disprove nothing. It just disproves that you're ignorant and you don't know the Bible. It just dispro- it, it disproves your knowledge. Because once you understand that all those humans, it doesn't matter where, where they found them at, what part of the world they found them. It doesn't matter how many they found it doesn't matter how recent it is or how, how far back it is. Because they were out there and they've existed in all kinds of, of times and places. What really matters is the offspring of, of, of Adam. And so these people who think that they're proving something, they're proving nothing. And now that sort of extended this thing on the, the shroud. Okay, well, someone says, what about, J.J. Um, uh, J- said, why 40 years in the wilderness, 40 years in the desert, 40 years after resurrection? What, what is the significance of that? Well, this actually is quite a full sermon to preach that. You did say some short answers would be okay. 40 days always represented a time of trial. and, and um, a time of testing. So I think that that's the best answer to give on that, that it represents a time of trial. Uh, are there other life forms in the universe coming to God consciousness? Well, the Bible talks in the book of Revelations about the seven spirits of God. Only three of those seven spirits of God came to this galaxy the Ophanim, the Seraphim, and the Cherubim. All those other spirits of God are, are active in this universe. And the Bible makes it very clear that all the seven spirits of God are active. And they're not out there somewhere in a vast, removed uh, point of space uh, sitting on their their seats. And they're very likely, many, many worlds away involved in creations. This idea that there's only one this, there's only one that. God didn't make anything like that. He didn't make you with one cell. He made you with millions of cells. He didn't make you with a thunk and a clunk up in your head called a brain that was a solid one piece of something there's billions, trillions of neurons in your brain. okay, that's all I can answer that right now that's the beginning we'll keep We'll keep uh, adding those questions uh, each week here and until we finish them up now i did something yesterday and i'm going to be um, reading and teaching from this today it's sort of jumping ahead of the the teaching i wanted to do about um, you know lucifer the terrors and all that i i hope to get to that today and we will eventually if we don't. But, but this is pretty sensational. And so what I did is I wrote it out, and it's called Noah's Field and Forest House of Wild Creatures of Nature. And guess what? I put it into the Manifest blog system on our website and it's it's over 3 pages long and it is loaded with scripture because one of the things I'm concerned about is getting all this scripture out to you so although I'm going to be reading from and teaching from that script today and hope to get through it and then go on to the the thing about these other river people and uh, Satan's plan. Um, I want to go through this first and we'll just see where it takes us. Now it begins like this. In the long of long ago, there lived a man called Noah. Noah's father had hoped Noah to become a husbandman and help him with the farming. Now I'm giving you the scripture and you can look that up. Some of you on your computers have it so that all you have to do is touch the the scripture and it will print in a little section where you can see what it says. Maybe not all of you have that if you don't have it you just have to look it up in the in the bible. But it's a it's it's verifying the statement that I just made. Noah's father had hoped to have a son that was going to help him with his work activities. But the Bible says Noah did not become a husbandman until after the flood, well into 600 years later. And you can compare that with Genesis 9, 18, 20, KJV. Interestingly and mysteriously, and profoundly, there is over four hundred years of the life of Noah missing. Adam lived nine hundred and thirty years, but Noah lived nine hundred and fifty years, twenty years longer than even Adam, and yet four hundred Years, you talk about the shroud, is shrouded in mystery, and even more than that, it was all the way to the the 500th year before there is a a writ in the Bible, a verse in the Bible, showing that Adam had three children, and it's very possible that all those three children were born at the same time. They were triplets. Someone says, yeah, but the Bible says one of them was older than the others. Of course. The first one out is the oldest. So there's 400 years plus missing in the Bible story of Noah's life, which can only be known by a reveal of the embedded and hidden story in the Bible of Noah's life during those missing years. This, this, this is sort of like a synodaki. Senda, We're told about, and, and he was 500 years old. And then he gave birth, and, and, and then he had, he fathered some children. And someone says, oh, well, there we have it. Now we got his whole life from a baby all the way up to 500, yeah. But you don't have what's in the container. You don't have the information what went on during that 400 plus years. So, its story is missing. Someone might say, well, if God wanted us to know, he would have just let it be in there and printed. That's what you say, and that's 100% incorrect. What the Bible does tell us is there are people out there that are deaf and blind To the whole story of God, they're only seeing a little part of things. Paul just said, you know, you look through a, they look through a glass darkly, and they only know in part. And even when they do things that are in the spiritual classifications, like prophesy, that's only in part too. It's just partial truths, because basically they are they are blind and they are deaf to the deep hidden word of God. The invisible Bible part. And they don't know how to find it. They don't understand this thing about this Compare Genesis 5:32, KJV. Now, when we begin to open the invisible part of the Bible to show the Bible's deep word of akavah A-C-H-A-V-A-H which means the solution of riddles and come on, you can, you can look that up get your strongs out and look it up in the Hebrew Concordance Dictionary number 263 and read what that says and read this story that I was telling you in Isaiah 29, 10 through 12. There is a solution to the riddles of the Bible. And it's this revelation of Akava. I will not call Noah the first Tarzan T-I-R-Z-A-N or Z-A-N because there were many things, many things about Noah superior to the Tarzan movie character. God made a covenant with Noah whose house of nature included having a personal family and being in league or in covenant with all the wild creatures of the field and the forest where Noah went to live. Noah was the greatest super soul for his living animal guest that the world has ever known. You know, when I was looking for the scriptures because I had given this revelation about Noah and the animals and all that, like 30, 40 years ago, 30 or 40 years ago, but I never revealed the scriptures. I never took the time to find the scriptures. Because when God gives that to me by the spirit, I know the scriptures are there. And there'd be a time that the scriptures would be revealed. Well, we're in that that time of the ministry that these scriptures are being revealed so that these books can get out and be be published. And so I was praying. I said, God, this is a hard one. This thing of that revelation, I need your help. I closed up the Bible, put my hand on the right side and the left side and sort of held it together. And as I prayed that prayer a few times, then I took my hands away and let the book open. And it opened right to the scriptures I'm going to be giving you that showed the whole revelation of that incredible thing. Wow, In Genesis 9, verses 9 through 10, and including verse 15. And I, meaning God, will establish my covenant with you, meaning Noah, and your seed after you, and with every living creature that is with you, and to every beast of the earth, God made a covenant with Noah. Way, way back. This is during these 400 years. What's going on during those 400 years? I'm, I'm telling you. It's in the Bible. It's got to do with this, publish, this, this covenant, which one of the things that the covenant means is to be in league with. And Noah went out from his family, And he went out into the the field and forest house of the wild creatures of nature. And he lived among them. And he got to know them and they got to know him. And that's what he was doing during those years. It was an incredible time for him. And God said, I'm going to establish my covenant with you. And what he meant is, I've made this covenant. We ha- you have this covenant. And it involves you. It involves a family you're going to have. It's going to involve animals that are going to be with you in a certain thing that I'm going to do to save creatures of the world. And it's going to include other animals from, the whole, from around the whole earth which is that second part of the revelation of the animals being taken up by the Zith? Then he says, I'm going to establish that. I'm going to, I'm going to establish it. It's not established now, but it's going to be established. And this covenant is what was going on during that time that Moses was living those 400 years. Wow. Well, I guess I've run out of time for this first part. Difficult to believe it goes so fast. I'm just getting started. Janet Lee is coming. She's going to play. Uh, And um, sometimes I I, I didn't mean to say Moses. I meant to say Noah. Uh, Janet's going to play for about five minutes. And then we'll be back on this. God bless you. Established, and your seed, you and your seed, and every living creature that'll be with you, and that it was referring to in the ark, and to every beast of the of the earth, those that others that will not necessarily be with you and in the ark. (laughs) The gift of this statement is that God has already had a covenant with Noah. But it was not but it was yet to be established. The sign of becoming established would be the sign of the rainbow in the sky. Compare Genesis nine verses fifteen through seventeen and of course, the sign and the meaning of the rainbow was far greater than a spectrum reflection of the sun in the rain's moisture. Get a hold on this: the bow b o w from a separate kind of reference from Strong's Greek generic concordance. Number 5115, which is from the base of 5088, describes the term "bow" in a different sense of subject, although using the same spelling, and of descriptive or description being quite interesting, because there is a relational aspect there, it being a simple fabric you know, like the fabric of space, the fabric of time, the fabric of revelation to produce, to give birth, seed, to plant the earth, involving the earth, be born and bring forth. Wow! The bow with that kind of relativeness takes on a vast sequence and sequences of meaning. As to the covenant with Noah, his family, and the animals, the interlinear Greek, Volume 1 by Green, is translated this way. Come you and all your house into the ark. So we see by that that this term house is, is very, very interesting. All of these animals all of these families are all going to be part of the house. And they're coming together. Wow. And then Zondervan's interlinear. Zondervan's van's interlinear. Hebrew to English in uh, for the NIV put it a slightly different way, but very interesting. Genesis seven one Go you of whole, H-O-L-E. Go you of whole, whole of you. And family into the ark. So, clearly, the interlinear examples of all your house and the whole of you included, along with the family, the animals that were to be saved. This event and experience occurred during the Bible's hidden 400 years of Noah's life as Noah did not have a family of his own until the 500th year this was what was going on in that 400 years compare the international standard version compare the international standard version 2012 of the bible that said this after Noah lived 500 years he fathered he fathered Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Okay, so um, I'm getting a little note here that um, there was a 30-second break uh, that was lost. So let me just reiterate a little bit here. Um Let's suppose that that's going to take us all the way back to the bow. Uh, I mentioned that there was a whole lot more to the rainbow than, uh, you know, just the spectrum reflection reflection of the sun. And we read the bow, a separate kind of reference from Strong Strong's Greek Dictionary Concordance, number 5115 from the base of 5088, And it describes the term bow in a different sense of subject. Although using the same spelling of description being quite interesting, a simple fabric to produce, to give birth, seed, to plant, the earth, be born and bring forth. As to the covenant with uh, Noah and his family and the animals, the interlinear Greek volume by Green translated or transliterated it this way. Come you and all your house into the ark." So we see that this thing I read about Bo actually fits in the fabric, the fabric of time, the fabric of of revelation, the fabric fabric to produce, uh, the fabric to plant. Wow. Zondervan's interlinear Hebrew to English and put it a slightly additional way. Genesis seven one, go you of whole, <laughs> that's quite a way of wording it. Go you of whole, W H O L E, like whole of you, and family into the into the ark. When you go into the ark, I want you to go in there whole because you're under a, you're under a plan, you're under a covenant. And this covenant, in order to be established, has to complete the wholeness of its plan. Wow. And Sonderfin's interlinear Hebrew to English for the NIV put it slightly additional way, put it a slightly additional way. Genesis 7 1. Go you of whole, your family into the ark, followed by this combined meaning of the two different linear uh, uh, books Uh, clearly being examples of all your house and the whole of you, included with family, animals that were to be saved. This event and the experience occurred during the hidden, the Bible's hidden, 400 years of Noah's life. As Noah did not have a family of his own until the 500th year, compare the International uh, Standard Version 2012 of the Bible. After Noah lived 500 years, he fathered Shem, Ham, Japheth. Okay, now we're we're back to where we left off because there was a little problem. We don't know for sure just how much was lost in the transmission. Want to make sure it was covered, so it could be. Recorded, and it could be written. There is no one else living on the earth other than Noah. Ever recorded, to my knowledge, as being given a charge and a covenant for the safekeeping and perpetuation of the animal species of the whole earth. He was the greatest super soul ever ever recorded to be a keeper and a friend in league with the earth's animal. With the earth's animals wow the extent of this excitement this assignment and event touched universal connections how could that be well in second peter 3 6 kjv it says whereby the world and the word world there is from cosmos so whereby the world the cosmic plan that then was being overflowed with water, perished. There there was a plan. There didn't have to be this flood and destruction. But the evil and the sin caused this plan to have to be changed. But this this plan wasn't just a local plan. It was connected universally. And so when we look at Ephesians 6.12, it says, you know, we don't war against flesh and blood, but we war against powers and principalities and powers of darkness and powers of light and so that we see that what happened at the flood was connected with Revelations 12 Revelations 12 is about the war in heaven with Lucifer and Michael the Archangel so this thing that happened with the flood really was universally connected and as I said There's never been anyone like this before. There's no one ever recorded that was given the mission, that was given, that made, you know, made a covenant to, to be the keeper and to be in league with with the Earth's animals. And on a universal connection basis, Noah had a relationship with the animals of the fields and forests, And he lived out there with them, among the streams and rivers and hills and and mountains that were in and out and around about the fields and the forest. The area was Lebanon where also part of the land of Eden was the home of the famous Garden of Adam and Eve. How can we know that? People are looking for the Garden of Eden. (laughs) Well, it's in the Bible. The Garden of God... Planted East in the land of Eden, compare Genesis 2 8. The Garden of Garden for Adam and Eve is referred to in the Bible as the East Garden. The West Garden of Eden began at the point where the East Garden became West. So Scriptures. God was the Garden of God was planted east in the land of Eden. E-D-E-N, Genesis 2.8. The Garden of Adam and Eve, referred to in the Bible as the East Garden. Genesis 3.24. So now get this. So then there was a garden east located in the east part of the land of Eden. And there was a garden west located in the western part of the land of Eden. Consequently, let's accent it. There was also an eastern part and a western part of the Garden of Eden. Genesis 3.24. So there's an, an east and a west of the land of Eden, and there's an east and a west of the Garden the Garden of Eden, the Garden East, it's also called the Garden of God, was located in the east part of the land of Eden near Mount Hermon. Now we've done a lot of teaching on that, and you know, you'd know you have to go back to check out some of this uh, Mount Hermon revelation. And Mount Hermon is part of the anti-Lebanon mountains. So it's, it's in the old Lebanon area. And Ezekiel reveals that the mass of the forest trees, and get, now get a hold of this, Ezekiel, Ezekiel reveals that the mass of the forest trees and the vast mountain of Hermon had a restraining and staying effect on the great tsunami waters of Noah's flood. Can you believe that that's in the Bible? It's there. Ezekiel thirty one fifteen. Check it out. A fair size of the land of Eden was located in Lebanon. Not all of it though. It went out into other nations. I have a map on that. Compare again Ezekiel thirty one fifteen. The garden west of the land of Eden was the garden part controlled by Lucifer Satan and the Gihon River people called Trees by Lucifer. And and trees have been used to describe people many different places in the Bible. Ezekiel, Ezekiel uses a metaphor of Pharaoh to represent Lucifer-Satan. Compare Ezekiel 31, 17-18, Genesis 2, 13, and Revelations 17, 15. Now, considering tense-wise, that which was, covenant with Noah and the animals, is that which is to be. Hosea said it, said it very precisely. And in that day I will make a covenant for them with the beasts of the field and with the fowls of heaven and with the creeping things of the ground. And I will break the bow, the sword, and the battle out of the earth and make them the people of God and the animals to lie down safely. The Garden of Eden, located in Lebanon, is to become, in the future, a virtual reality experience. So as to be able to esteem the fruit trees that that once were beautiful trees of Lebanon to again become as beautiful a forest as it once was. This will allow the spiritually deaf-blind persons to the deep word of God to suddenly hear and see the words of the book being manifested to the extent that those who formerly were in error will come to understand the doctrine of the manifested book. I give gave that scripture of that earlier, I'm quite sure. So Noah had contact with Yahweh and his co-owned angels. And Yahweh bid Noah and his family to come into the ark, so as to have his angels in appearance as uh, in bodies as similar hu- humans, for helping and guiding his family. And of course, there were other hired workers that, that Noah hired, because this was an immense, incredibly big job for the loading and the preparation for the survival situations of the ark. Once this was done, all the animals of special size and the animals animals for which there was no more room in the ark were directed by Yaviel's agents, who were the messenger angels, into Sith spacecraft for an after-the-flood distribution of these animals over the whole earth. And this goes along with that earlier teaching the other, last week about the parachuting down of animals and all of that. So, during the missing four hundred years to the five hundredth year of Noah's life, Noah lived with he lived with and had communication with many kinds of animals of his field and forest home. Know and beware of this; the spirit can translate the language of creatures of this earth from their animal language to be understood to human beings. Compare the numbers. 22, 28 through 22, uh, pardon me, Numbers 22, 28 through 33. And this is about Balaam. And he was riding on his donkey called the ass. And there was an angel that was angry at what Balaam was getting ready to do. And he would have slain Balaam. But Balaam's faithful donkey saw the, an- the angel with the sword even though Balaam didn't so he stopped and when he stopped even though he had been commanded or nudged to go forward Balaam you know hit him with a whip and that happened three times and Balaam was really angry at the donkey and the donkey said have I ever done this to you before the donkey's talking to Balaam. And Balaam said, no, you've never ever done anything like this before. And then suddenly Balaam's eyes were open, and he saw the angel with the sword. And he realized that his donkey had saved his life. So says, well, I don't believe that story. That's your problem. Sad for you. There's things going on that hasn't even begun to be realized in the world about communication of animals and and uh, with human beings that has possibilities. And I want to tell you that I believe that those 400 years went so fast with with, with uh, Noah as he was learning these different languages with all these different animals. And this was important because there would come the time when he would communicate with these animals and, and try to explain to them what was getting ready to happen. Just like that, that ass, that donkey, He recognized what the sword was. He recognized this powerful angel. And he knew that would mean the death of his master if he went forward. And so he spoke. Well, Noah spent this time, where did those 400 years go to? That's where they went to. He was communing with the angels. He was receiving things from God. He had a covenant from God. And God revealed that in this covenant and revealed that about these animals. And someone says, well, that would only be certain animals. <laughs> yeah, well, God is, God is not like us. He doesn't think like us. He provided on the, that ark the clean and the unclean animals. He provided both. It's a beautiful thing when you really see. Even that sheet that was coming down, which was parachutes, that Peter had a trance and saw, that God was revealing. If I save these animals alive, both clean and unclean, who are you to look at humans who are much higher because they have souls? They're higher than, than animals. who are you to make a decision that some are are not worthy and some are some are unclean he said I saved the the clean and the unclean so at the same time that God was revealing this incredible thing about the ark and the saving of the animals and how it was done both by the ark and by the ziz he was given a lesson by that Peter about people and how not to judge them. Wow. Quite awesome and quite incredible. So Noah, you know, have this connection with the animals, and it was an incredible time. They would have other witnesses besides just the communication. Animals like many times can feel They can feel death. They can feel earthquakes that are coming. They can feel things. And besides that and this communication that these animals had, that's how this all began to come together. And that's why the animals when they went into the ark, they could go into hibernation because they understood the incredible survival thing that was going on. Wow. So, the preparation for the survival situations of the ark was all part, all part of the of this time of preparation. Yaviel then would bid Noah and his family to come into the ark, so as to have his angels uh, that were in appearance as similar humans for helping, guiding his family and other hard workers. It's a huge thing loading those animals and loading all the food. Huge! Some would say, well, why do you need any food if they're all hibernating? Well, even animals in hibernation will wake up and drink water. And then some wake up at different times than others. and So you have food. You have food for even when that's all over and done so that there's some time for them to build up some reserve before they are sent off the mountain to go back out into the natural world. Once they had done all this special loading, there was no more room on the Ark. They were directed by Yaviyo's agents, as I said earlier, into the Sith spacecraft. I'm speaking of the animals, for an after-the-flood distribution of these animals all over the world. During the missing 400 years to the 500th, 500th year of Noah's life, Noah lived and had communication with these animals, and I've told you that part of it. Noah would say to the many of the animals of his home of nature, be not afraid, you beast, for the pastures of the wilderness do spring. And the tree bears her fruit, and the fig tree and the vine do yield their street, do yield their strength. Compare Joel 2, 222 KJV. So it is said, so it is said, there is nothing new under the sun, which is really the same thing as sand, there is nothing new under the stars. If that which is done or said or spoken does not apply from one spot, it will apply from another. If that is not yet of this planet, or if what is spoken is not yet of this planet, it is of another planet. If it is not of this universe, it is of another world. Of all that which is of being and is spoken, there is pre-existence for what now is has been whispered before, as regards having been planted on this earth, compare Genesis two, verses one through two. Further, Noah would say to the beast, "I have a covenant with God, and you are a part of that covenant." Understand, my friends, God has given me wisdom. That's like be Noah talking to the to the animals, calling them friends. God has given me wisdom, knowledge, and equity. Compare Ecclesiastes 2:21. I do not know the whole of this covenant, but I know that God will establish this covenant some day, for God has impressed in His Word. I have given you the power to stretch out your arm with mighty shoulder strength. Compare Strong's Concordance Dictionary, Hebrew. 2:220. Two, 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 oh. Surely one day, the stone, rock of ages, shall cry out of the wall of the mysteries that block the heavens, and a beam, severally, of timber, for the building of the ark, shall answer it. Habeca, Habakkuk, two, eleven, KJV. Noah was patient in spirit. Compare Ezekiel. 7, 8. The way of the spirit was not a difficult thing for him to grasp. Noah considered the field and the forest house of wild creatures of nature where he also lived a part of his divine possession. Compare Job 1, 3. That whole comment statement that I just made under the title Noah's Field and Forest House of Wild Creatures, is written all out like I read it in a blog that was put on last night in the Manifestor blog section. So you can go in there and you can make a copy of that if you, you know, have the means to do so. You should be able to. And you would have all the scriptures all written out so that you can know what you're doing. There is so much. There is so much to cover. You know, they are recognizing the errors that were made by the translators of the King James Bible and consequently almost all the Bibles that put out new versions following where they did this thing of not... Using the pluperfect verb, because there's many times a first and second choice of a verb, and depending on which choice you make, depends on whether it goes in past tense or it goes in, in into present or future tense. If you choose the wrong one, you change the tense of it, and then when they start getting into the numbering of the days. They put in there, you know, the first day, the second day. And there are absolutely no definite articles like that in the original Hebrew. It did not have the. What it had was the morning took place and the evening took place that was one day the morning took place and the evening took place two day and that is so important to have those things right now we want to talk about the creation of adam but keep in mind just because i'm putting this first does not mean it came first there were other creatures of human style created before Adam was ever ever brought forth now we've we've ministered on this before. We know that there are two lists in the Bible of the creation of man, and we find that extremely interesting, but It's more interesting if you know the reason why. Well, on the sixth day of creation, chapter 1, verse 26, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and the earth, and over the creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. This is talking about the creation of the four genetic rivers. You see, The four genetic rivers existed before the Garden of Eden. The Garden of Eden came after, and no doubt a very, 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 very long time after, because it was being made for a special person, or persons, for Adam and Eve. And so this had to do with the creation of those, of all of those other, human prototypes. And then Adam, and and this will flip some people out, was not created until the seventh day. Some would say, oh no, oh no. That was the Sabbath. There was no work done on the Sabbath. Okay. Let's put it this way. On the one, two, three, four, five, six days of creation, There was animals created, people created. So, would you tell me then that that no one during the seventh day could have a baby? No, you can't tell me that because you'd be totally wrong. Creation was going on of new children, of new creatures. Happening on the Sabbath day, it didn't everything go put a brake on and it stopped. No creation, not you can't hardly breathe. It's the Sabbath, no. But what happened on the seventh day is Jesus Christ, Yahweh, set aside his archangelship so that he could soul, Adam. And Adam could become the first human being with a soul. Not a body soul. All the humans had a body soul. But a spirit soul. So that even though your body returned to the dust, and you see, with these people that don't have a spirit soul, That's the end of everything. When their body returns to the dust, there's nothing left. But with those people that have a spirit soul, the Bible says the spirit returns to God who gave it. The body goes to dust, but the spirit returns to God who gave it. But we've got to get this thing straight. You know that I've showed you that in the book of Luke, that it clearly tells us who Adam was. And I've preached that several times, Adam uh, 338, in the genealogy list, which was the son of Enos, which was the son of Seth, which was the son of Adam, Adam, which was the son of God. Now, the Bible says in Genesis 2.7 that the Lord formed man. In this case, this is the second creation of of mankind. This is happening in the seventh day. (laughs) It's in the seventh day. It's not in the sixth day. And Adam is being formed from the dust of the ground. He, he he formed him out of the dust of the ground and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and he became a nefesh, a living soul, spirit soul. Wow. And even the word man and the name Adam comes from Adama which is describing the red earth, the ground, the dust, the soil. And we have to understand this thing about the dust. Genesis 2, seven speaks of, as I read to you already, formed man from uh, Adam, from the dust. Dust of the ground. Uh, uh, Genesis 3.19, it says... You know, because of sin, you know you'll have to work now, and you'll sweat, and then your body will return to the ground from whence it was taken. Genesis thirteen sixteen. "Will make thy seed as the dust of the earth," he said to Abram. Abram said, "I am but dust." In Genesis eighteen twenty seven. Job in 10.9 speaks of being clay and dust. In Psalms 103.14, God speaks and, and talks about he knows our frame. He remembers we are dust. In Psalms 104.29, you hid your face, O God. You took their breath they returned to dust. In Ecclesiastes 3.20, it talks about the beast of man and that they all go to one place, all turn to dust again. It's talking about the body, not the spirit soul. Ecclesiastes 12.7, Then shall the dust return to earth and the spirit go unto God who gave it. Isaiah twenty-six nineteen, Awake, you that dwell in the dust. Now we're getting this picture. So when we begin to understand these four genetic rivers we've been talking about for many years, they're made out of dust. They have a body soul, but they do not have spirit soul. And we read this incredible thing in Ezekiel 16. And we're going to read that again. Ezekiel 16, I haven't read it yet today. And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, cause Jerusalem to know her abominations. And say, Thus saith the Lord God unto Jerusalem, Thy birth and nativity is of the land of Canaan. Thy father was an Amorite, thy mother a Hittite. Now, there's meanings of those words, and we've taught that already in the past. As for thy nativity, in the day thou wast born, thy navel was not cut. Neither wast thou washed in water to supple thee. Thou wast not salted at all, nor swaddled at all. None I pity thee to do any of these unto thee. To have compassion upon thee, but thou wast cast out in the open field to the loathing of thy person in the day thou wast born. Now, in the Septuagint, it talks about this baby, in this scripture that was born that had what they called a, like a defect. Well, that's because this, you know, it its gen, genitals was inside. Adam was born a hermaphrodite, and he had both the organs of a male and female. And it wasn't until he gave birth to Eve that the male genitals came out and all of the other genital aspects were closed up. And the Bible says that God closed up Adam. And people don't understand what a rib is. They don't understand that that this was the apparatus that God used to to seed Eve so that she was bone of my bone and flesh of my uh, flesh, Adam said, which is the same thing when seed of children and families are produced. And in those days, these Euphrates people, which these people were, they were Euphrates, they were Euphrates people. That this couple, when they saw what they thought was a deformed, they had a code. They had a pagan code that you had to kill any child like that. But they couldn't do that. They couldn't kill it, so they threw him away. He wasn't prepared at all, like a little baby would be prepared. And, and the Bible goes through the whole thing. You were thrown out to the loathing of your person. You weren't salted or swaddled. Someone said, yeah, but that, that says Jerusalem, yeah. And the Bible says that thou art the mother of us all. So we know that Jerusalem symbolically represents the whole genetic line of the soul people. and has contained in it Jerusalem for peace. To differentiate the meaning of that word and of that city of God, which it tells us in, in the book of Revelations, 12,000 of this tribe, 12,000 of that tribe, that they mathematically 12 times 12,000 equal 144,000, which is the, the number of the wall of Jerusalem. And so we see that this is really the story about this first child, this first soul person that was thrown away. And then the angels came. And I passed by thee and saw thee polluted in thy own blood. Polluted in thy own blood because there was dust. He was made from dust. And he he was polluted in his own blood. He did not choose to come as like be born as an angel he chose to be born of human flesh and there was pollution in the blood and he knew it just like the Bible says as revealed by Jesus that all of these four rivers the Gihon the Hedekel all of them They were polluted because what happened is Satan on the fifth yom generations. He planted in them his plan. He planted in in them his plan. And Jesus describes that whole thing of how that was done. And I've read that to you many times, but we'll get into that more and more and more. <coughs> and so, when we begin to realize the beauty of this thing, of how, how Adam was created, and how that there was pollution in him, from the tares that Lucifer planted, on the fifth yom of the generations of, of the creation, And how that is the act that actually sowed the seeds of discord that eventually brought about the war of the angels. Because he did that stealthily and secretly without having approval to do that because he had a plan. And that plan included dinosaurs and gigantic foliage and plants that would be able to feed them and there being a code put in all living things, including plants, by which he could eventually have control of this whole world. And you know what? This is really setting us up. So Adam was born of the Euphrates River people, Ezekiel 16, through 6 polluted in in his own blood, and the four rivers, the Pison, the Gihon, the Hedekel, also called the Tigris, the Euphrates, fulfilling the 17th chapter and the 15th verse of Revelations, that the waters, the rivers, represent people, nations, tongues, kindred. And so we know that Adam was formed from the dust of the ground. We all alive today are people of the dust. And we're, we're, we're of the Euphrates River people. The Euphrates River people were created on the sixth day. But Adam was not born until in the seventh day of creation from these people that were alive and born and already pregnant on the sixth day, but didn't give birth because it was a plan of God for Adam to come forth on the seventh day and it's just It's just awesome and it's just beautiful, and so we have this incredible Euphrates. River plan, and there's things about the Euphrates that is very interesting in the Bible. It's the fourth genetic river, Genesis two fourteen, and God made a covenant with Abraham, with Abram, in Genesis fifteen eighteen, so that the promised land would go all the way to the Eu- to the Euphrates. And in Deuteronomy 11, uh, eleven twenty four God told Moses that all the nations were to be driven out all the way to the Euphrates. And there was a list of all these people that were to be cast out. And that was repeated to Joshua, Joshua 1, 4. Even in Jeremiah, Jeremiah was given a, a, a thing uh, that he was to do with a girdle to bury it uh, over in an area uh, next to the uh, Euphrates River. And it became marred and that was a whole sign of something God was revealing in his, to his ministries. So, these these river people are talked about. And it's so important to understand that there's so much revelation can be said on this. But in the in Revelations nine fourteen, it talks about the angels that are bound in the great river, and it's Euphrates, of course. Look that up in the Greek Strong's Concordance twenty one sixty five, and then we have in Revelation sixteen twelve the sixth angel pours his vial on the great river Euphrates that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. It's the only river of the four rivers that is connected to the soul people because from that that is where you had your genetic your first genetic soul seed man, Adam. Wow. Well, looks like we run out of time. We know that in the sixth chapter of Genesis there were two different kinds of humans there. Genesis 6, 2 through 3 talking about those sons of God and the daughters of men for that he is also flesh showing that there was a a physical genetic alikeness first corinthians fifteen thirty nine says one kind of flesh of men, and we begin to see that we have to really have a revelation into the deep, 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 because we talked about how that the term beget sometimes refers to ancestral relationships, we saw how that Jesus was listed in Matthew, the first chapter as the son of David and the son of Abraham and many other such scri- scriptures of other people. And we know that people had lost their connection after the Babylonian captivity, Nehemiah seven sixty-three through 65, who was called the Tereshatha or the Tereshatha. And also... Ezra the priest, the scribe, that they told these people that did not have a record of their genealogy, even though they were no doubt Jews, that they could not partake in the same benefits of those who had their proof of genealogy until another priest one day rose with a Yerman Thummim. So all of these things are all connected. And you know what? That takes us right to Lucifer and this whole revelation about Lucifer and it will be incredible, which we will do next week. And we'll also answer some more of John's questions. Hey, God bless you. And don't forget to turn over into the manifest part of the web that we have for the blogs and read this whole thing that I shared with you today. It'll be it'll be great for you. It'll do something for you. It'll bless you. It'll give you spiritual energy. And if you can get onto the manifestor Facebook, not the Jerry Lee, but the manifestor, there's a plan that I've put on that for people to express if they're interested in. God bless you. I want to pray for Betty MacDonald, Shonda, for the Prophet Charles, God, your miracle to keep these people in health and healing. And for all these other people out there, God, that are your people and your servants, that are fighting things in their body and in their lives. Reach out and touch them and heal them and make them whole in Jesus' name. God bless you. We love you.